Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Alpine Stars MX, Fox Racing, as well as Phoenix Handlebars. And of course, we got Medterra CBD on with us as well. I am your host, Brad Gabhart. This is episode 798 as we get closer and closer to episode 800. With me on the line, we've got a very special guest. He's spinning the wrenches for Smokin' Joe Shimoda. Goes by the name of Maddie Goodbread. Goodbread, how's it going? Good, how about you? Hey, dude, not doing too bad. We got a big dump of snow yesterday, so I got some shoveling to do. I'm putting that off right now by having a, uh, a friendly conversation with yourself, which I assume you've also been doing some snow shoveling, uh, given the fact that uh, Indy's been getting uh, quite a bit of snow uh, the last little bit. Although, it looks like the weather's improved uh, in the last couple of days. Yeah, it's definitely uh, been a little nicer. We haven't had any uh, snow lately, but it is not warming up by any means. Fair enough, like, but not warming up. Like I, I'm from like where like they literally invented cold. I think, um, yep. which we we have some serious serious temperatures. Just ask your good friend Kyle Defoe about that. Uh, of yep. some some frigid temperatures that he probably warmed his bike up at for an arena cross up in uh, Pemina, North Dakota. But what what are, what's the what's the temperature like down in uh, uh, in Indy right now? I don't know. I think it's been like twenties. 30s i mean i know yeah, that's not super cold but that's cold I mean, I'm though pretty accumulated i'm pretty accumulated to the uh, california weather now so it's like you know that's a big jump absolutely you know you're, you're a displaced individual i believe from the east coast and now living uh and working on uh, on the west coast in down in southern california where it's sunny in 75 every goddamn day yeah. of the year um let's let's unpack that a little bit uh who the hell is uh maddie goodbread where did that come where did you come from uh how awesome is that last name and how did you end up where you're at today um from upstate new york um kind of just loved moto and how about them patriots this year then yeah kind of just loved uh the sport and wanted to kind of find a way in and I really enjoyed working on bikes and kind of figured out that was kind of what I wanted to do with my life. Fair um, enough. So what, what, what ended up uh, bringing you to California though? Like that's a pretty big jump to make. Did you have a job already set up or, or did you just show up and basically just like make a cardboard sign saying I will wrench for like for food or money? No. So I kind of, I had a, I had a job lined up for actually it was to work with Carson um, Mumford and uh, had that lined up. I went to a small tech school in Morgantown, West Virginia um, called Press XMX Tech. I went there straight after I graduated high school, um, moved right out, went there, and then did that program for a couple of months, finished it a couple months early. And when uh, Scott Mumford, Carson's dad, called the owner of the school and asked if he had anybody ready, and they decided to send me out. So, uh, from there on, I drove home, packed two suitcases, and moved to California. Boom. That's it. Actually, you and uh, Jet's mechanic both went through that program. Are, are, you, are you familiar with yeah, the guy? Yep. Uh, yeah. So I uh, worked with him a little bit at Geico. Um, he was, I believe, two years ahead of me. Okay. In that program. Um, so kind of didn't meet him until I moved out there, but yep, yeah, now... Uh, me and him always see each other down the line and stuff. So, 
That's cool. I, I, like some, uh, like, do you, do you give him any shit for him getting basically bitch slapped after his first pro win? <laughs> uh, we always, he's always messed around that. He, uh, you can always count on Christian to talk a little bit of shit. It's funny. He's a good dude. Yeah. That's funny. Um, so let's uh, let's get into like you, you're from upstate New York, and then it's got to be a huge culture shock when you go to California, sunny seventy five, fake boobs everywhere, and, and then you 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 end up working with Carson Mumford at uh, what was Michael Lessie's old uh, uh, compound. They had like multiple outdoor tracks, supercross tracks, really really cool. And uh, like, tell me how, how like how you introduced yourself to that, and how you got acclimated, and then uh, working with an absolute cartoon character that is Carson Mumford. Yeah, um, it was it was honestly it was weird moving to California. It was like kind of not really what I expected when I got out there, and I feel like it honestly did take me quite a while to get used to just how everything was out there. Like where I'm from in New York, there's no traffic. You know, the closest city from us is two hours away like you know there's no traffic so I'm not used to having to sit in traffic just to go to the grocery store or you know what I mean so that whole thing took a while and then just the amount of people that are there it's it's kind of nuts and I honestly I didn't like California at first and uh after I've been there now for a couple years I've really kind of grown to like it and like where I'm living and the people I'm with and uh yeah working with Carson was it was it had a lot of ups and downs. It was fun though. He was uh, his family's really good. Um, he's a great kid. Uh, I actually live with him full time now. Um, and uh, now he was he's funny. He's uh, he always kept it interesting, and he was he's rad on a bike. Like he got a cool style, and, and he could rip. So it was kind of it was always fun. Well, that's awesome, man. And obviously, he dealt with a couple of little uh, injuries towards the back half of his amateur career. Uh, and then moving into the pros, uh, what's the the day in the life of a, of a practice bike mechanic when your guy uh, might be dealing with uh, some injuries? Is there other jobs to do around the uh, uh, the compound, or is that also an opportunity to familiarize yourself with the Geico guys and, and actually get uh, a little bit of uh, of experience outside of just working with uh, with Carson? Yeah, so there was a couple times, like I remember right before. Uh monster cup when he hurt his spleen um i was i mean i wanted to work in-house at geico you know bad you know what i mean i wanted to work for carson in-house down there like it was something i always wanted and i was willing to work for it and uh, when he got hurt it was kind of like all right well you got six weeks off now and like i'm not one that can like take a lot of time off and just sit there and do nothing like i've always got to be doing something so i remember for six weeks straight pretty much i would drive down to the geico shop every day and just basically walk around and ask her, you know, what do we got to do? What needs to be done or what can get cleaned up? Or, you know, I was, I was willing to do anything, you know what I mean? I would go up to, uh, whoever and just, you know, Hey, do you need any help? Hey, you need anything clean? Just trying to find something to do just to keep myself busy and, you know, try to give myself a, a better lookout too on, you know, all right, you know, he's, he's willing to do anything to just to stay busy. So, you know, 
Yeah, going to bat for yourself and, and showing that you're 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 willing to put in the work. What is the uh, the dirtiest job that they had for you? Usually, like if if as like I, I work construction uh, during the summer times. If someone asks me what they can help me with, I'm probably giving them the job that I least want to do. What what was some of the jobs that they had you do that were uh, maybe maybe not all the glitz and glam that uh, a lot of the listeners might be thinking uh, that being a pro mechanic is all about. Um, honestly, I don't remember. Like, I know it wasn't anything bad because we had a we had a guy already at the shop that kept up on you know the the maintenance guy. He kept up on cleaning the bathrooms and stuff like that. And the Geico shop was so clean you could get off the floors. Like it was insane. So I mean, honestly, if it was something they were giving me to do, it was bike related. You know what I mean? Sorting through bolts or something. Or we had a whole bunch of just random parts from 18 250s that we were trying to get together to see if we could build any bikes out of. So I remember sitting in the bay just sorting parts for a couple hours. Like, you know, it wasn't anything crazy, but it was just like, all right, hey, maybe I don't want to do this. Here, I'll give it to him to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Well, uh, that's a great way to increase your knowledge and just submerse yourself in in dirt bikes full time. Uh, and that must have been a, a steep learning curve for you, something that you uh, definitely benefited from working with Carson all throughout last year. And, and then unfortunately, the Geico team, uh, like we find out how important these title sponsors are when Geico pulls out. Uh, and I believe Amsoil the year prior uh, those are two big paying sponsors that weren't there anymore. The team goes uh, goes by the wayside, and uh, you're kind of left holding the bag. What, what was like? Was it a scramble? How how much kind of lead time or no? Like how much time did you know leading up to this that uh, that you were going to be sort of uh, out of a position? And uh, and what were your actions from there? Um, I think my position was different than really anybody else because I wasn't technically a hired employee there, so. I was paid by Carson, so no matter what, right. I would I would be fine. Yeah, you're just gonna go um, build two strokes. But, Sweet ones, yeah, by but the at way. The, at the time being, it was kind of like, all right, um, I've been with him for two years. My goal last year was to really was to do you know outdoors with him. Um, hopefully, I was trying everything I could to show them that I was ready to possibly do outdoors because I knew they were looking for a guy to work for him for outdoors. Um, <clears throat> And uh, that ended up not working out. Um, and so I kind of like, I kind of took the summer and, you know, took a step back and just like chilled out and had a little more fun than normal not work as much because they would always be gone to races and the bike would always be ready down at the shop. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll go go to the beach or something and kind of just chill out and try to, you know, see what I wanted to do next. And uh, I decided once, you know, that kind of whole thing was the whole thing once we found out uh at i don't remember indiana i want to say yeah um that they were title sponsor was leaving uh i decided i'd kind of start putting some feelers out and start looking and see if you know maybe there's some opportunity elsewhere um and so i kind of and i also was talking to carson's dad at the time saying hey i think i might start looking around see if there's anything out um and then uh actually redbud um, Will from Star uh, talked to me a little bit and uh, gave me a call um, a couple weeks after and uh, I ended up going to Star uh, was was there for a few months um, and then recently uh, kind of everything played out to where they have some pl- 
plans and changes for next year uh, that wasn't really going to suit what I want to do and where I want to be. Um, okay. And so I kind of told Will, hey, you know, awesome dude. I said thanks for, for everything, but I think I've got to kind of go elsewhere uh, with where you guys are going next year. That's not really my my place I want to be. So uh kind of left and decided to go to PC. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. We gotta pay some bills, so please listen to this ad from Phoenix Handlebars. We'll be right back to the conversation. Thanks. When we started Phoenix Handlebars only a couple of years ago, you know, we had hopes that we would develop friendships and relationships with the people who bought our bars. We thought that would be a lot cooler than being merely just a handlebar company. Moto already has a few of those. So the hope was build a brand that people could find that connection with. Um, you know, tell their stories, helps us tell our story, keeps Moto alive, keeps it fun. That's what we think is really cool about, about our sport are the stories. Writing is obviously super fun, but the stories that we tell to and from the track on the light tailgate, that's part of the part of the excitement as well. And when each of you guys reach out to us after buying bars and tell us how like stoked you were at the quality, the packaging, whatever it might be, don't think for a second that that isn't just freaking awesome to us because we know you had options of other companies that you could have bought, companies that have won countless world championships and sponsor all the big name writers. But when you took time out of your day to hop on our website to spend your hard-earned money, we have a little company that you've maybe never heard of until recently, your hard-earned money. We think that's pretty awesome. So when we got a message recently, from a guy telling us just how awesome it was to receive a Phoenix Handlebars package, that he loved the quality of the product, he loved the presentation, and felt like that he got something more than just bars. It wasn't like lost on us. We, we appreciate every one of those, like, those messages. Just wanted to say thanks, Dave. Your stuff is on its way. there you go and like honestly pro circuit like that's one of the like you and i growing up they're they're the gold standard you know what i mean 250 class like 250 uh bikes uh were always really really good throughout the like the 90s the 2000s even into the 2010s uh obviously had uh, more competition with star and uh and geico in the in the last few years but um like 
the the place when you drive up to it in California for the first time, it, it almost looks like it's like uh, it's got an aura around it. And, and and going there to work for the first time, that must have been really cool. And then also working for a guy like Mitch Payton, who has been like everyone says he's a, a hard ass and this that and the other thing, tough to work for sometimes. Uh, but I think that's because he wants to get the most out of people and get the best out of people. Uh, what's it been like so far working with Mitch? It's it's awesome. I mean, it's like you just explained, like PC is kind of, it's one of those, I feel like it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and it's uh, it's crazy driving in there every day. It's just one of those, like, you walk in and you see the history in the shop, and it's like, wow, like, you know, it's pretty crazy. And honestly, I, I think Mitch is a great dude, and I think he just wants he just wants people that are going to work hard and you know there's there's no reason he can't get that so i think it's cool and uh he he does a great job with the team and then we got zach uh he does you know all of our electrical stuff and gives us all our specs for our engines and he's awesome he's a hard worker you know the whole team is really it's a great group of dudes and it's it's cool to be a part of that every day so how did you end up working with Joe Shimoda, man? Like the guy is—he's—he's uh, he's a little quiet sometimes, probably a little bit because of the uh, language barrier. But he's also funny as all hell. How did that all come together? Yeah, so like I said, I was at uh, Star and uh, kind of when everything came about, I was like, all right, you know, I guess I'll stick it out for my neck for the for the rest of this year. And when they go do their thing, you know, I'll go do mine. And. Uh, I ended up having a buddy that was at PC at the time gave me a call and was like, Hey, listen, this is the deal. Um, he was at Geico with me as well. And he's like, you know what, dude? He goes, I'm honestly, I'm homesick. I want to go home. Uh, kind of just over it. Just my heart's not in it anymore. And he's like, you know, there's nobody else I'd rather have take my spot at PC than you. So that was kind of like, Oh, you know what I mean? Like I sat back and thought about it. Like, all right, this would give wow. me an opportunity to, to stay in California where I want to be. And, uh, you know, this, you know, thought about it for a long time, took a while and, uh, ended up taking that opportunity from him and, uh, going to PC and then found out once I got there that it would be working with Joe. And, uh, I was pretty stoked actually, cause I knew him a little bit just from being around in that Geico and, you know, the amateur team and stuff over there. And, uh, I was kind of excited for that. Knew he was a super good rider, obviously. And, you know, he was always very respectful, and I like that a lot of people, you know what I mean? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's it's super cool working for Joe. He's a very talented rider, and I think he's got a lot of potential. And Yeah, I think he's got a bright future. I think so, too, honestly. I watch him do qualifying, and I watch him race, and although right now I think, like, Obviously, he finished third in the championship last year. Uh, a lot of injuries happened, who allowed him to put him himself in that position. I think he's much improved this year, and just by his body language on the bike and how aggressive he's been, um, consistently just pushing and wanting to put in those fast laps. Like he he was in, doing a fast lap, I believe it was at uh, uh, Houston two. And uh, like he, the yellows come out, and he's visibly upset because you know he was feeling it. Um, like, how encouraging is it to work with a guy like that who uh, who might be a little bit understated as far as people really knowing him from a fan point of view, but like just an, a fierce competitor and a guy who wants to get better? Um, it's 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 crazy to see him from last year on the Honda to now on the Cowie. Like, he's got a whole different um, just 
aggression and everything on the bike. He's in, he's in love with the Cowie. He, he loves the power. He loves the suspension. Just he's a big fan of the bike. And, uh, I think he, he knows what he can do. And I think there's sometimes it's hard to put it all together right in that moment in time. But once he does and you see him ride, it's like, Holy crap, like he's ripping. So it's, uh, it's cool to work with somebody that kind of cares, you know what I mean? And has, you know, the same want as, you know, to get on the podium, but earn it. So it's, uh, it's cool. That's super cool, man. So, uh, what is this that, uh, you've, you've learned that you didn't, that was not in your uh, quiver or your bag of tricks when you went to PC? Uh, how awesome is it to work with a few of those guys? I mentioned guys like uh, Kyle Defoe that I've worked with in the past um like he's he's from uh this area what about working with pc has made you a better mechanic um pc's one of uh i believe actually the last um motocross team that has their uh their mechanics build their own engines so that's cool we build our own engines um you know practice and race so uh no I pressure. Go to PC. I mean, there's there's nowhere else that you're going to learn more than what you're going to learn at Pro Circuit. Like, you may be able to build an engine, but it's different than just build an engine. Like for me, I was like, oh, I'd be able to learn like the ins and outs of how to properly build a race engine. Like, yeah, I've built an engine for you know one of your buddies before, but not for you know Joe Shimoda to go race Pro Supercross on. So it's kind of like it puts that little bit of nerves in, but it's like, all right, like this is going to be cool and like there's a lot you can learn from all those guys there. Like Ollie stone. He's been there. He's been mechanic for, I think 15 years. Like he's got more knowledge than anybody. He's probably one of the best in the business. Same with Kyle. Kyle's been in it for a long time. Kyle's great. He knows so much and very knowledgeable on has helped me a lot with engines and stuff. So working with those guys, it just makes you better and kind of makes me more, uh, want, makes me want to know more and learn more and just, you know, be hungry to be the best I can. So uh, I love taking it all in and learning from those guys. It's it's awesome. That's so sick, dude. Uh, has has Mitch come down on you at all? Is there is there even been one day where he's like pushing his hair back and you're the reason? Um, not not yet. Knock on wood. Uh, no, uh, haven't haven't had any of that yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so give me, give me a Kyle Defoe story. Give me like, I know you guys, like you, like you guys are mostly business down at the shop, but you also have a fun time. Uh, you guys are fun to be around when it comes to, uh, to, to wrenching on bikes. Uh, tell me about a time that Kyle Defoe was, uh, was just an absolute goofball. I mean, honestly, you, you know, Kyle's probably a goofball 24 seven. Like yes. when I see him at the shop and everything, you know, yeah, we, we take it serious, but at the same time, you know, we're joking around and messing around. Um, I don't think I've really ever seen Kyle, like, mad or upset or anything. Like, he's just, like, he's a happy, cheerful dude, like, all the time. It's awesome. He kind of, like, brightens up your day when he says something funny or whatever at lunch. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's funny. I, I don't – there's like, I'm not sure if there's, like, a, just a straight-up story. You know what I mean? Uh, he's, yeah, he's a character. He's, he's got the the one liners. Like he almost he's he's uh you almost you would swear he came from a hockey background because he's got the the quick yeah. locker room mentality, kind of the the and jokes and stuff like that. He's I, good. I I grew up playing hockey, and he's better at it than me. So like, 
It's just where he, just where he comes from, I guess. Fair enough. What position did you play? Are you any good? Uh, left wing. Left wing. Fair enough. Yeah, all the all the all the best shooters uh, shoot left. Who's your team? I was I was pretty good. Um, I was always a fan of Chicago Blackhawks. Really? Okay. I actually grew up playing yeah. with their captain. Okay. Yeah, Johnny yeah, I Taves. Was a, I was a big big Patrick Kane fan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I get that. The American connection. Plus, he's absolutely filthy. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Have you, do you do you still keep up with the the league right now? Given the fact that it's like like just in turmoil with all the, uh, the I, divisions all in a blender. I really don't. I don't like. I I honestly, even when I played, I never really watched like NHL. Okay. Like, I never cared. I don't think. Uh, it just like I would always rather play than sit there and watch it. Um, but I mean, I played hockey since I was two up until. I think my senior year in high school, I played year round basically up until then, and it's kind of one of those like they weren't wanting me to ride dirt bikes and stuff anymore because it was interfering with hockey. And I was like, really? You know, I was like, nah, I'm 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 gonna go ride dirt bikes and like have fun with that. Like you guys take all the fun out of hockey, so I don't want to play anymore. Yeah, you know what? As you get older, uh, I find like especially around that age, hockey is either as fun as it is, or it's like the it, the the fun's just absolutely gone. Just how competitive it gets, and honestly, uh, that's probably around the same time I walked not would have walked away from hockey, but just stepped closer to motocross. And now I still play beer league and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, I that's interesting. Years, I played years of like you know gnarly you know squirts and all that stuff like that. All that gnarly amateur stuff and mm-hmm. traveling and all that and the coach did you ever go to the league. quebec tournament quick quebec peewee we, we went to uh we went to canada quite a bit <laughs> really okay okay um, yeah we uh i believe it's not a huge deal but it was at the time for like our area uh the team i think it was we were first year or second year sports we won uh uh state championship for our organization for the first time no way. Back in 2010 and 2011. So, like, it's not anything crazy, but it was, like, it's a big deal for that organization and everything. It was pretty cool. No doubt, man. Well, that's super cool. Uh, yeah, like, I, like, since you say you don't keep up with it, you you mustn't listen to the Spit and Chicklets podcast. I think you got to get on that. I might have to. I've heard about it because I, I, uh, I still keep up with a little bit here and now. You know, if I see a game, I'll watch it for a quick minute or whatever. But, I like, if I... I go back home or whatever like my first thing I want to do is uh, my old boss uh, Parker MX uh, he plays and I always go and play with him uh, beer league back in New York so that's always kind of the first thing I like to do is go back and play you know I still enjoy skating and everything but just don't have the time or anywhere to go do it anymore so yeah, there's there, you you ain't finding a, a beer league game down in SoCal. That that there is some, but there there's a much harder to find than it is, of course, in a place like New York. Well, that's cool. I hope that you get on the 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 spit and chicklets bag bandwagon, uh, reconnect yeah, with your hockey I'll, roots a little bit. I, I've tried to get in on one uh, beer league team down in California, but they said yeah. we had to be 21 to play on their actual beer league team. So I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, uh, like yeah, hey, hey like. Uh, I have some buddies down there that might be able to connect you, but uh, we will talk about that off air. Um, Maddie Goodbread here on the Big MX Radio podcast. This has been awesome. This has been so much fun. I wish you all the luck in the world in the coming weeks and uh, more more podiums, 
possibly even a win here in 250 super, 250 supercross and uh, and also moving into the outdoors this has been so much fun i really appreciate the time my friend yeah thank you thanks for having me on it was, it was awesome good to talk to you absolutely man you'll definitely be a repeat offender appreciate the time to have you on the podcast uh do not hang up just yet but for podcast sake we're going to cut it off right there all right so there you have it my conversation with maddie goodbread of pro circuit kawasaki his first year on the circuit race uh being a full-time race mechanic for smoking joe shimoda uh Awesome conversation, really cool to get to know him, uh, he's super passionate about the sport and clearly going places, uh, and it was great for me to be able to have him on and uh, showcase him to you guys, uh, somebody who's uh, gone to one of those, um, um, basically like a school where you learn how to become uh, a race mechanic, and not only himself, but a good friend of him that went through the program two years prior are uh are wrenching for for guys who are getting podiums in supercross right now so you might want to look those guys up as well so uh for those who have been uh so generous to uh send me that one friend pay the fee for the podcast and uh, continue to grow this thing i really appreciate it and uh and continue i would ask that you continue to do so this has been so much fun i've been i've been cranking out the podcast uh, getting closer and closer to show 800. I'm sure you guys are like, when, whenever it gets to show 800, is he going to start talking about it? Probably. Uh, but either way, uh, this has been so much fun, you guys, and I really appreciate the time. I appreciate every time you guys take the time to listen. Have a good day.